This week, resident papist scum, Dr. M.R. Extentith, is going to take us through all the conspiracies their dreadful ilk have been engaged in. You do realise I'm a lapsed Catholic, right? The Catholic Church isn't particularly fond of atheists. But once a Catholic, always a Catholic? Didn't your partner work for a Catholic school? Isn't she the real Catholic mole in all of this? D not nonsense. You, you, were sprinkled with the holy water of Roman Catholicism. And thus all you say is lies and infamy designed to deceive. Now here's a handy fact for listeners and viewers. In Catholicism, you don't need to be a priest to baptise anyone. Mm. You can just sprinkle people with water and hey presto, instant Catholic. Tum, what are you doing with that bowl of water? Oh, just a little induction! <laughs> ah, Begara fiddly dee, I'm a Catholic, hee hee hee. Apparently it also makes you Irish. After a fashion, this week we'll be looking at all the great things the Catholic Church is said to be doing behind the scenes and asking why are Protestants so prudish? That and a whole lot less. The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Begora. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. As ever, I am Josh Edison and sitting directly next to me is Dr. M. R. Extender. That's true, I am sitting right here, not there, here. Mm, that, that, that actually is how both time and space work. Don't talk to me about time and space, although talk to me about Doctor Who, now there's a good show about time and space. Yes, I'm enjoying the latest Doctor Who. Yeah, and I was, I was a bit worried that the episode about Rosa Parks was going to be a bit problematic, but kind of seemed to skirt all those issues and be a decent educational romp. Mm, yes, no, it was it was a jolly good jape. But we're not here to talk about time or space or Doctor Who, although we could at length. And indeed, the mm. reason why I even got a doctorate was because I wanted to be known as the Doctor. Yes. Uh, but instead we're going to be talking about Catholicism. Roman Catholics, Irish Catholics, how many other kinds of Catholics are there? Now, many. I am a lapsed Catholic, but as a Roman Catholic, there is only one true church, right. Joshua. Well, yeah, but that's what there is the Roman Catholic Church, which is in communion with the Patriarch of Rome, the Pontiff, the Pontiff Maximus. And I will not tolerate this talk about there being other kinds of Catholics. I've baptized you once, I will baptize you again if you're not careful. Right. There's no other kinds of Catholicism. Except for the ones that they're... Ah, so we'll not talk about right. them. No, sorry. This is, obviously, the first baptism didn't um, take. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, no. Third time's a charm. Ah, uh, uh, the good old Pope. 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 Although, of course, I am actually the good old Pope. I'm the Pope of the Neo-Catholic Church. But yes, that is a story for another time. In fact, actually, you are... You're one of the high-ranking clergy members I can't of even the remember my status Neo in the Neo-Catholic Catholic Church. Church yes, Where is was... your copy of the Manifesto of Self-Revocation? Oh, it's sitting around. Know. I've got it on a flash drive or something. I'm sure there's a, the, the PDF exists somewhere. This is a real thing. You can look up mm. the Manifesto of Self-Revocation and find it online, and you can see what I wasted a large chunk of the second year of my MA working on when I should have been working on an MA thesis. But that is mm. a matter for another time. Yes, now the matter for this time is the Catholic Church and conspiracy theories swirling all around it. Conspiracy theories about it, conspiracy theories by it. Conspiracy theories adjacent to mm, it. Yes, uh, I think we should probably say the top, we will probably leave the, the whole child molestation 
thing alone just because Which it's... isn't a conspiracy that actually happened. Yeah, well, but, but there was a conspiracy oh, yes. to cover oh, yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Yes. the conspiracy theory there is the church denying it yes. occurred and then saying it did occur, but not on the scale that it occurred. And then just going, we're just going to try and make yes. people avoid... We need, actually, whenever I think about child abuse, mm. which is a weird sentence, yes. I always think of that scene in Father Ted, where Father Ted is talking about the child abuse scandal. This was back before Graham Linehan became an, an awful turf. And you go, well, you know, imagine... Um, I can't do Father no. Ted's Irish accent. I was going to do a really bad... I, I'm just not going to do no, the accent. Just, yeah. it's, imagine there are, you know, a million priests. And I mean, maybe only 1% of those priests are actually abusers. That would only mean there's 10. And then he immediately, he immediately changes the subject. Because any number of abusers in an organisation... Is too many. Yes, but the point is, a uh, they're, they're fairly well known. These particular conspiracy theories, and b it's not really pleasant to talk about. So we try to try, try not to get too depressing in this podcast, even though it does happen from time to time. And I've I've got us a segue that gets us to the main topic. Good, hit me. I'm going to quote Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. I know nothing. How's that a segue? What's the... What's, what's oh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, that, that will make sense once we get into the main into the main topic. Claim, yes. He not only wrote the notes... I did. He claims to read them before the episode starts. I wrote them. I didn't say I read these ones. I read, I read the bits that you wrote, but I didn't read the bits right, that so, I wrote. So you write the bits that you do, and you don't remember them, but you do read the bits that I write. I write everything with that sort of psychic ghost writing where you go into a trance, and Lord, isn't, isn't that what you do? That's next week's episode right. of the podcast is going to the conspiracy. Is this entire show actually written by ghosts? And if so, why have we not admitted to it for four years? Mm. But before, but until then, Catholicism. Now, I have to assume there's such a thing as Catholicism, given the nature of the internet. Well, there's cat alcoholism, which right. is, of course, a kind of Catholicism. And, yes, there are going to be cats in Pontiff hats. Mm, mm. Sorry, that's completely irrelevant. I just said the word Catholic slightly strangely before the well, break and so leaned on the, the cat side I of it a little I discovered bit. whilst I was in Europe, most Europeans don't say Catholic, they say Catholic. Well, I suppose they would. Yes, that's so. You more give, so, than... so it is. So, in Europe, it really is the Catholic Church. Excellent. It's just filled with cats. Mm. But yes, so I mean, there's, there's, there, it, it's probably no big surprise to you to learn that um, religions don't always get on, and indeed, certain factions, really? certain factions within religions, often don't quite get I'm, on with each other. I am absolutely. Mm. Mm. I mean, so. You have to give me an example. Give me an example of um, a religion that doesn't get on with another religion. I, I would point you towards the entirety of human history, really. Mm, um, can you be more specific? Well, you have you have your sort of your Christianity and your Judaism, and they, sometimes they don't like each other so much. Yeah, I've, yeah I have heard yeah, there's a bit of yeah. antagonism, but that's just one example. There must be and then more. and then you, then within Christianity, you have the Catholics and the Protestants, and they, they they've been at odds oh, from time to time. You're so naive. In the past. Protestants aren't Christian. Well, there we go. That's that's kind of what it, what what what, what it comes down to a little bit. Worshippers. Well, and that's exactly what they say also about the Catholics. And indeed, uh, because that's 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 kind of where we're going to start. Um, a, a lot of the history of anti-Catholicism that we're going to be talking about is, is kind of is is America-based. America being quite the the Protestant. Um, 
country. And overall. also quite a religious country when yes. it comes to politics, or at least mm. it has become in the late 20th century. But, um, I mean, re reading back over the, the history of anti-Catholicism in the States, a lot of the things you hear do, do, do strike a chord. There, there do seem to be parallels. Um, so yes, as, you, as you wisely hinted at beforehand, which I wasn't quite on the money enough to pick up on, uh, the Know Nothing movement was a thing in the States in the sort of the mid-1850s before the, before the Civil War. Um, it was the Know Nothing movement um, is called the Know Nothing movement because it began as a secret society whose members, when asked about it, were supposed to say... Knew nothing. I knew nothing, but... You but didn't that didn't make it. sense with the way you phrased didn't the it, sentence. But, but I said that's what they're going to say. And then, but then you... Anyway, um, so, so yes, they were supposed to know nothing about it because it was a secret society, but it yeah, fairly quickly it became... It was a society filled with Sergeant Schultz's mm. everywhere. It fairly quickly became non-secret. That's a quite dated reference now. I mean, the only reason mm. why we know about Hogan's Heroes is because in the 80s, all of our TV was repeats from the 60s mm. from the UK and yeah, the US. Yeah. So we got up-to-date episodes of Hogan's Heroes because they were playing for the first time on TV in the 80s for us. Mm. But for most people in the Northern Hemisphere... I suspect you need to be old to even know about them or watch those channels aimed yeah. at old people. It's a, it's a bit of a cultural touchstone, isn't it? Hogan's is it? Heroes? Is it? Is it really? The fact that, the fact that a, a country managed to make a sitcom set in a Nazi prisoner of war camp. I mean, that, that was quite an achievement. All the high-ranking Nazi officers were Jewish internees during World War II. Mm. Yes, yes. But anyway, um, the Know Nothing Party, it would, actually, sorry, the Know Nothing Movement, which spawned the American Party, originally called itself the Native American Party. I don't know if Native American meant back then what it means these days. I'm assuming not. I'm assuming it meant it, it was the whole natural citizen. We were mm. born in the US. Yes. We are Native Americans. We're not. We're not part of the British Empire or part of old Europe. We're Native. Exactly. We're American. We're just not Native Americans in the sense that people know it today. Yes, but but uh, that that is that is basically the point because it was very much an anti-immigrant, um, xenophobic, and very anti-Catholic organisation. Because a large number of the immigrants they were opposed to were coming from Ireland or Italy. Mm, yes, so they were the wrong kind of white people to come to America. Well, they weren't even white people back then, were they? They, well, actually, when it comes to talking about the Italians, yes, that is a tricky issue when mm. it comes to race debates in the US in particular, as to whether Italians are in fact white at all. Mm. Um, but yes, so they, they basically, um, th they believed that Roman Catholics were, were essentially conspiring to undermine the American way of life. The, the, the values that they hold dear, the blah, 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 the, the depressingly exactly the same sort of shit you seem to hear these days from the more conservative organisations. And it's based, it's based around the idea that Catholics are meant to be more obedient to the Pope than they are to their own governments. The idea that Catholics have this special relationship with the Pontiff of Rome and thus, for that reason, they can't be trusted for the sheer fact that, given a choice between state and religion, they will take religion every time. At least that was the kind of mm. notion behind things like the Know no, no Nothing movement. Um, but eventually they, they went public with it. Um, 
and they, they did fairly well. Um, now, I don't know an awful lot about the uh, history of American politics in the uh, mid-1850s, but apparently you had, um, you had the Democrats and you had the Whig Party, which was the right-wing one, and then due to events that I'm not entirely clear about, there was the passing of a certain act and some such, uh, the Whig Party went away. Do you know exactly what happened to the Whig Party? Assuming they took off their wigs and, uh, and went to work. Yes, no, this is, of course, is, is Whig, the W-H-I-G, like they had in England. Uh, but basically, the, the, the major right-wing party disappeared, um, leaving no strong opposition to the Democrats, so there was space for another right-wing party to, to jump into. And in 1854, that was kind of the American party. Um, they did very, very well. Apparently, they, they did uh, especially well in Massachusetts, so I'm assuming 1854 must have been the midterms because they, they, they sort of managed to elect senators in um, Boston and, uh, and the other major cities in Massachusetts um, basically went to the American Party. Um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for them, uh, they didn't last much longer than that. So in 1856, uh, you had the, the round of the presidential elections, um, and then following that, in the lead-up to the Civil War, um, you, you'll be surprised again to learn that, that, that people were, were quite uh, divided along uh, really? cultural issues in the lead-up to the Civil War of America. Um, and so apparently th there were divisions within the American party, ba basically around slavery, some people who were violently for it and others who were violently against it. Um, and due to that, the party j just collapsed. Um, the, the divisions within it became um, too big. But um, while they were um, while, the, while they were big, while they were the in thing, um, Think things, you know, it, it wasn't just, uh, it, it wasn't sort of shaking your fist at the Catholics and going, oh, we don't like you. There, there was violence. There was protests. There were riots. There were rallies. There were deaths. Um, according to my notes here, uh, in, in Louisville and Kentucky, um, where the, the race for governor was being contested in 1855, 22 people were killed in riots and many were injured. Um, in Baltimore, the mayoral elections of 56, 57, and 58 were all marred by violence and accusations of ballot rigging, which, um, according to the article I was reading, were, quote, well-founded. So I'm not sure if they meant on both sides or not. Um, in Maine, no-nothings were associated with the tarring and feathering of a Catholic priest, Father Johann Babst, in the coastal town of Ellsworth. Um, and apparently a, a Catholic church was also burned down in 1854. So, I mean, this wasn't... Th th this wasn't just rhetoric. Um, it, it was backed up with violence. Um, and indeed, if you've seen the film Gangs of New York, which I have not... Uh, I have, unfortunately. Uh, well, Daniel Day-Lewis's character um, was based on... who was Billy the Butcher, uh, was based on the know-nothing leader, William Poole, who also, I think, was called Bill the Butcher or something like that. Uh, slightly different... It was a diff different surname, so that he wasn't actually... he wasn't being a fictional version of that guy. He was being a new fictional character based on that guy. But um, if you want to know what things were like, apparently, go see Gangs of New York. Or don't, mm. because it's a really long, boring film. Yeah, yeah, no, I was never that, um, that, that, that motivated to go and see it. But um, the demise of the Know Nothing movement in the American Party was not the demise of anti-Catholicism in the US, though. No, it? unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your views on Catholicism, anti-Catholic views have continued to persist in the American polity over time. Mm. It continues to be a throughput. I mean, you, as you put, point out in the notes, the election of John F. Kennedy, mm. an incredibly Catholic man, 
as president of the US presumably had a fair number of rumblings around it, and it did. Mm. People were really, really concerned that a Catholic who became American president, where would his loyalties lie? Mm. Would he be loyal to the American people that he serves, or would he be taking orders from the Catholic Church? Yes, I mean, I wasn't around, obviously, during the Kennedy administration, but I understand it was... Josh definitely didn't. was not part of a no, plot to assassinate no. JFK. Definitely not. There's no evidence. That dossier you might have in your hand is completely fake. Utterly, utterly. But... Um, like the, the the America's first Catholic president was almost as big a deal as America's first black president. I mean, I I wasn't around to compare Kennedy and Obama, but from what I hear, they were they were almost sort of similarly big deals. But um, in terms of the anti anti Catholicism, um, after the Know Nothings, there was the American Protective Association. Um, who was basically a, a, another organisation with similar things. They swore never to vote for a Catholic, hire a Catholic, or join Catholics in organised labour. Um, a, a wacky bunch of ne'er-do-wells going by the name of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, I, I, again, something I'm not overly familiar with the history of. They wear of. funny hats, They wear they? the funny hats, and, the, and they dress up like ghosts for some reason, even when it's not Halloween. Um, but apparently they, they, they had waned a little bit following World War I resurged, it says here. I don't know the history, but apparently when, when the KKK became a thing again after World War I, they took up a lot of the anti-Catholic rhetoric that previous societies had been bandying about. Um, and it sort of continues to, to this day because obviously society at large has become more tolerant of things like Catholicism. Um, but that just means that the anti-Catholics now have a lot more to worry about. People, you know, you had JFK. These days apparently people were worried about the number of Catholics on the Supreme Court. I'm not super familiar with the religious affiliations of the current members. Yes, there have been, there have been worries about, yes, about the Catholicism of particular prominent members of the Supreme Court who are on both the left and the right, once again, as to whether they're going to follow the Constitution or whether they're going to be guided by church dogma when it comes to making mm. decisions. And, of course, I mean, it's the mixture, of course, as well, of as good old-fashioned anti-immigration xenophobia, as you say, Catholicism was the religion of a lot of, the, a lot of immigrants, um, and it's the whole changing the makeup of society, blah, 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 not our kind of people, and so on and so forth. So you've got the, 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 the overtly religious worries and also... Catholicism as a, as a signifier of, of the other, of not our kind of people. Um, I think that's all I have in my, my notes about the um, anti-Catholic conspiracies, at least as, they, as the history of them in the States. Do you have anything more to say before we move on to the, to the interesting case of um, Cardinal Siri? Ah, yes, yes. The, the Cardinal, so famous... Apple named an entire mm. AI after him. No, I mean, the thing about Catholicism in the US or Catholicism actually in the UK and in the Commonwealth as well is that there is this worry that Catholics are somehow more subservient to their religious leaders than members of other Christian denominations. And of course, that's amusing for those of us who grew up Catholic. Even as a lapsed Catholic, you're kind of aware that what your parish priest says, or what the Pope in Rome says, isn't necessarily what Catholics do in their home lives. So, mm -hmm. one of the startling statistics we find in the West is that Catholics are more likely to use birth control than Protestants. 
Now, most Protestant denominations think that birth control is fine. It's a bit skeevy, but you can do it. Whilst Catholics are not meant to use it at Ooh, all. There was a Monty Python routine about it and everything. And there was. For the yet, song. Catholics. For the song. Every spot mm, is sacred. A classic. Uh, but Catholics seem to really, really, really like sex. And at some point worked out that maybe having a lot of children wasn't ideal. Mm. Whilst Protestants don't seem to like sex at all. Mm. And thus, when they have to ha have to have it, have to have a baby as well. Mm. So yes, this idea that Catholics are somehow subservient to the Pope in Rome doesn't actually seem to be reflected by actual practice. But when has bigotry ever been rational? Exactly. And uh, sorry, yes, that was one one last point was the fact that even even today, issues like birth control and abortion and euthanasia, areas where sort of religion at times, or at least, or if, if, if nothing else, spirituality sort of come into things, that those are times where you can see a bit of the old anti-Catholicism come up, because even if, as you say, Catholics use birth control more, the stereotype is that they don't, is that they hate it, and so um, anti-abortionism well, sorry, anti-anti-abortionism can be anti-Catholicism sometimes for people who, if 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 you want to get an, a bit of anti-Catholicism in there, issues like uh, abortion, euthanasia, birth control, uh, give you a good way to shoehorn a little bit in. And indeed, misconceptions about Catholics are everywhere. When I had my 21st, people turned up to my house assuming there would be no booze because I came from a Catholic family. But you will recall, Joshua, I was there. there was an entire was garage mm. of alcohol because mm. Irish, Roman, Catholic. Mm. And if there's, nothing, there's nothing better than Roman Catholicism and Irishness combining for a bit of a blarney. Mm. But anyway, the interesting case of Cardinal Siri. So this is not... Now, this is the point where I'm glad that my phone isn't around mm. here, because if we say Siri yes. often enough, it's going to think, oh, you're saying, hey, Siri, a case of, how can I help you, it will say. Mm. Um, hey, Siri, that just for those of you mm. who are listening on Apple phones. Hey, that, Siri. That could have been an interesting running gag, but probably better that you don't. So now, now we're into the, the area not of um, anti-Catholic conspiracy theories, but conspiracy theories promoted by Catholics themselves. Now, we've devoted an entire episode to anti-Semitic um, conspiracy theories, and some, some from some Catholic quarters, once again, don't want to blow your brain, but uh, Catholics and Jews don't get on sometimes. And some Catholics, who, who, who aren't so fond of the Jewish religion, uh, spread conspiracy theories, saying that Jewish people aren't very nice. But um, we have talked about that in the past. We have, yes, yeah. and it's deplorable. Yes, but um, and, and not nearly as entertaining as the story of one Giuseppe Siri. Um, he was an arch-conservative cardinal from Genoa, um, and the claim is that he was elected pope in 1958. In conclave, with all the votes, mm -hmm. and yet Jewish, Freemasonic, and Jesuit forces moved against him to elect someone else as pope and to remove all record of that conclave vote. Mm. And that's how we got Pope John XXIII? 23rd, yep. Yes. So yeah, supposedly Siri was um, given the boot and replaced with Cardinal Angelo Roncalli, who became uh, John XXIII. And according to this conspiracy theory, the first false pope. Um, so the, the theory basically goes that we have not had an, a, a legitimate pope since 1958, um, because just, it should have been Giuseppe Siri, and he was... Um, he was, what's the word, ousted. He was 
I'm sure there's a specific word I'm looking for for getting given the boot in favour of someone else. But he was done, they, they, they did that to him. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Um, and in fact, not just once, but twice. Because, uh, yes, the next conclave ooh. occurs. And in the next conclave, Siri once again is elected to the highest throne in Catholicism. And then apparently those Jews, those Freemasons and those Jesuits once again perverted the vote, re removed the records, and we got Pope Paul VI. Um, Actually again. not a particularly remarkable Pope. No, no. Cardinal Giovanni Battista Montini, who then became Paul VI, which is not nearly so much fun. Uh, and supposedly at that point, Siri was then um, uh, exiled essentially to a, mon a monastery and told to keep his mouth shut. Oh, yes, you keep quiet about those two times you became Pope, but we took it away from you. Mm. And um, the, 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 the major problem with this conspiracy theory um, is that Cardinal Siri remained in full communion with the church um, throughout his life. Yeah. And not just that, mm. but promoted the Vatican to reforms yep. as well. So, uh, so yes, I mean, for for someone who is, is uh, the victim of, or at the very least, sort of in some way opposed to all the goings on, you'd think he would, at the very least, just not, not have much to say, but instead there he was appearing to actively support the papacy and the religion that had apparently given him the shaft. And this must have been difficult for the promoters of this conspiracy theory because presumably the actual motivation behind the claim that Siri was the real Pope and John XXIII was not the real Pope was that John XXIII was the pontiff who engaged in a fairly liberal reform of the Roman Catholic Church with the Vatican II uh, conventions and the fact that actually Siri who was a arch conservative mm -hmm. as you yep. noted ended up going well if that's what the Pope says then I'm going to support it must have been quite dissonant mm. to promoters of the Siri conspiracy theory there was a little bit I, I didn't see a lot of detail when I was reading up on this but supposedly in the 1958 conclave there was the white, the, the, the white smoke, which is meant to symbolise when the Pope's been chosen, went up, um, and then supposedly they said, oh, that was a mistake, that someone had accidentally activated whatever it is that sends the smoke up, and then it, then it went up again properly once um, John Twenty-Third had been impoperized. Is that the correct verb? It is now. Popified. Made popely. Um... I'm, I'm, I, I basically read one sentence that essentially said he was made Pope, the smoke went up, but then people said, oh, no, no, that was an accident. Um, and that was taken as evidence of... Of, um, of foul doings yeah. inside. Uh, but I didn't see much else to, to say whether or not that's actually true or what, 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 what really happened. But that was their one sort of bit of physical evidence, I think. And yet the evidence against um, is, is fairly damning. And of course now... The, we, we, we can't talk about um, conspiracy theories and popes without briefly mentioning, of course, John Paul I. Um, after Paul VI, uh, we got Pope John Paul I. And after Pope John Paul I, we got John Paul II in very quick order. Oh, yes. Mm. 100 days? No, 33, oh. according to my notes. Oh, actually, no, um, you're right. That was, yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, so basically um, the Pope 
uh, Pope John Paul I was Pope for 33 days before he apparently died in his sleep, and we got John Paul II. Um, and frankly, I think we better save this for another episode, because the conspiracy theories around the death of John Paul I uh, are many and various. Oh, yes. Mm. I, mean, there, I mean, there are conspiracy theories around the demise of Pope John XXIII as well, mm. with the notion that his death is mysterious and was due to conservative forces within the Roman Catholic Church not wanting to tolerate a liberal pope. So, yes, an episode around pontifical conspiracy mm. theories seems right up our alley, especially since you have just been baptised. I have, yep. Actually, that, so, that would make for a great horror film title, You've Just, you've just been, been Baptised. baptized. Or a reality TV show. <laughs> where just where wacky pranksters go around, go, go around forcing people mm. into the Catholic Church at inopportune moments. Mm. Mm. Yes, so I think so. We, we we couldn't not mention the death of Pope uh, John Paul I, but um, we really don't have time to go into to to give it the treatment it deserves. So I think that'd best uh, wait for another episode. And that might be next week's episode. Depends or on else what happens happen. in mm. the next seven days, because. As we're going to find with the news segment, there's been news. There has been news, and probably, I guess, maybe, perhaps, now would be the time to talk about that news. Yes, let's go now to the news. Breaking, breaking, conspiracy theories in the news. This week's news is brought to you by Dr. M.R. Extenteth's new YouTube series, Conspiracism which takes a look at conspiracy theory through the lens of recent academic work on the subject. Find it on YouTube under the name Conspiracism. Conspiracism! Thank you. Mm. We start with the big news that suspicious packages Ooh, have uh. been intercepted en route to former US President Barack Obama, both of the Clintons, Maxine Walters, George Soros, CNN, and at last count, four other individuals and organizations. Yes, people have been quick to note that these suspicious packages <laughs> have been sent to people in organisations US President Trump has attacked. Rhetorically, not literally body slammed. Yes, uh, in the recent past. At this stage, we do not know who the sender or senders of these suspicious packages yeah. <laughs> are, just that they are suspicious and some of the packages reportedly contained explosives. None of the packages actually got to their intended recipients as they were intercepted by security on delivery. Now, this is conspiratorial enough as it stands, as if two or more people were involved, we have attempts on the lives of prominent individuals. However, the spectre of our old friend, the false flag, hangs over these events. Yes, it turns out the time between an event and someone saying false flag is approaching and maybe even breaking the speed of light. Fox News, Candace Owen, Frank Gaffney, and more have all publicly stated that they think this is not a conservative plot against Trump's purported enemies, but rather a left-wing or democratic or antifa plot designed to get people out to vote by making it look as if the left is under attack. Now, US politics is so frankly fucked up at the moment that it is no longer out of the question that people would engage in stupid things. Indeed, President Trump does five stupid things before breakfast every day. However, the idea that this is a left-wing false flag event designed to engineer a fake threat is a pretty extraordinary claim. And extraordinary claims need extraordinary evidence. 
which is part and parcel of unthinking false flag claims. We've covered false flags on this podcast before. We did an entire series on real false flag events. So we happily admit false flags happen, and a lot more than people actually think. But the kind of reasoning behind this claim of false flag reads more like the appeal to purity fallacy, in which people like Owens, Gaffney and Fox News are saying no true conservative would resort to an act like this, so it has to be someone on the left. Now, leaving aside the dubious claim that it's the left which is currently uncivil and the right are just lovely people, who sometimes just deliberately run over people in cars during rallies, thinking that your side can't have done this just because it's damaging to your side is not reason to then say it's a conspiracy by the left. Uh, it's certainly possible, but the question is not whether it's possible, but whether it's probable. Now, given the targets of these suspicious packages are yeah. all people Donald Trump has verbally abused or assaulted in recent, recent months, it seems that the likeliest story here is a mega wearing hat fan taking the president's remarks to heart. This might be a case where the right have to own the fact they aren't quite as civil as maybe they make themselves out to be. Meanwhile, what would a news update be without our old friend MH370? Yes, the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 was one of the first stories we covered on this show, and it seems that all these years later, we are in no danger of running out of news about it. As reported earlier this week, French investigators have uncovered a mysterious third mm. entity that may be withholding technical data about the flight path taken by the plane. This news comes to us from Gislan Wachrelos, who lost his wife and two children when MH370 disappeared. He met with the Gendarmerie Air Transport Investigation Team, who told him there were inconsistencies in the official report issued by Malaysia, which suggested the existence of quote-unquote curious passengers. Among them was a Malaysian aeronautics specialist who was seated directly under MH370's SATCOM module and who might have had the technical know-how to hack the plane's communication systems and thus disguise its route. According to Mr. Watrelos, the French investigators identified a quote-unquote third entity in possession of information and or data relating to the movements of the missing plane, which led him to say that, again quoting, we are a little angry and now we want to say stop. It is time that the United States really cooperate on this issue, unquote. Which suggests the third entity is Boeing, the manufacturer of the aircraft. Investigators looking into the disappearance of MH370 have wanted to look at the aircraft simulator one of the pilots used, in the hope that the raw data might shed some light on what the pilot did or did not do when MH370 disappeared. But Boeing has somewhat stymied the investigation due to demanding confidentiality agreements be signed in order to protect industry's secrets about the plane. Now, whether this is because Boeing are covering something up or are simply protecting their patents is unknown. Uh, the problem for Boeing is that a public report which contains sensitive information might serve their business rivals. And a public report which shows they knew more about where the plane crashed or landed would be a bad look. So two motives, one plane, one possible conspiracy. And now a quick update on the death of Jamal Khashoggi. He's definitely dead, they found body parts. But more importantly, the story of Khashoggi's death has seen quite a lot of, how would you put it? 
flexibility? Saudi Arabian officials initially said he didn't even enter the embassy. Then he did enter, but also left. Then he had a fight with the security guard and died as a result. Then that it was a questioning that went wrong. Then it was an interrogation gone wrong. Then that he was killed by rogue agents. Then that he was killed, but by agents not working on orders of the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman. Yes, when it comes to producing cover stories, Saudi Arabia has a lot of them. And that's not usually a virtue in these situations. Turkey, which has been leading the investigation into the disappearance and murder of Washington Post journalist's death, has issued a statement. It stops short of saying the Crown Prince ordered the murder, but it does point the finger at senior members of the royal court, saying that the savage murder did not happen instantly, but was planned. According to President Erdogan, a 15-member team of Saudi officials arrived in Istanbul in stages to carry out the killing. This included generals, senior intelligence officers, and forensic officials. These agents also conducted reconnaissance in rural areas outside the city in order to work out where to dispose of the body. All in all, the question now is who ordered the assassination? A particularly vexing issue, given the fact Saudi Arabia is technically still ruled by its king, but is currently largely governed by the Crown Prince. As such, the question of whether the Crown Prince is behind the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi uh, is the big question. President Erdogan did not mention bin Salman by name in his address, but the Crown Prince has just been appointed head of Saudi Arabia's intelligence service, where he's not only leading an investigation into Khashoggi's death, but also a restructure of Saudi Arabia's intelligence services in order to make sure this kind of shocking thing never happens again. Is the fox in charge of the hen house? Is there a conspiracy to cover up bin Salman's responsibility? I guess we'll be coming back to this again and again and again in the coming week. But before we settle into our own version of the doctrine of eternal recurrence, it's time to remind everyone that patrons get even more news for just a couple of dollars a month. Yep, for less than a cup of joe a month, or indeed a cup of coffee, you can hear us discuss even more news about Botany MP Jamie Lee Ross, that caravan from Honduras with all those pesky Middle Eastern infiltrators, uh, and the riots in Californian sanctuary cities no one wants you to know about. What a bargain. Plus, if you order now, you get a set of free steak knives. Actually, no. No, you don't. After the Hungarian incident, we're no longer shipping knives overseas. Damn those health and safety regulations. Indeed. Uh, but because of those aforementioned regulations, we now have to say goodbye in order that we do our regulation stretches and post-podcast cool-down routines. So, as usual, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. It is written, researched, and performed by Josh Atterson, a.k.a. Monkey Fluids, and MRX Dentith, a.k.a. Conspiracism on Twitter. This podcast is available where all good podcasts can be found, as well as iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. It can also be watched on YouTube. Just search for the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, or, if you happen to be technophobic, consult the auguries. You can support the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy via our Patreon page, as listed in the podcast description, 
or just by searching for us on Patreon. You can also support us via the Podbean patronage system, if that is more your style. You do you. If you want to get in contact with us, why not email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. And remember, the truth is out there, but not quite where you think you left it.